Well, hey there, and welcome to the in between. It's uh, we have John here and uh, and Chris on the other end of the line. We are we are sans Paul um, today because Paul is taking some much needed, well deserved time away with his uh, family right now. It's kind of crazy because we have sabbaticals uh, here at South Spring, and um, Paul has. Uh, had to push his sabbatical off a number of years now. I don't know, four years, three years, something like that. Um, four years, I guess. Uh, and he was supposed to take it during this summer, but then COVID happened and all of the plans got wrecked. Um, so he's actually, he's probably going to be taking it next year um, around the same time that, you and you, Chris, and Rebecca are going to be taking your 10-year <laughs> sabbaticals. So he didn't start that long after you. <laughs> oh, no, he started one year after. Yeah. But he'll so. be taking his 10-year sabbatical within a year or two of his five-year sabbatical. That's just crazy. Life yeah. life is crazy right now. Um, Yeah. This is this season has afforded us many opportunities to be flexible, um, to change at a moment's notice. And speaking of, um, Stephen Young, who preached this past Sunday, was not supposed to preach this Sunday. He was supposed to preach this coming Sunday, the sixteenth. And instead, he, you know, we we asked him if he would be willing to because of uh, uh, quarantine stuff. If he would be willing to preach one week early, and he was he was like absolutely. Yeah, that was awesome. I love that guy. He's he's fantastic. And if you haven't listened to that sermon, you need to go back and listen to it. Um, uh, what was the perfect um, perfect positions for imperfect people, or or something like that? Something um, like that. Was the basic premise was the idea that we don't we don't have to be perfect in order to be used in a perfect situation by God or to have an impact in a perfect situation by God, which I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah. And, um, and worked really well with Robert's sermon the week before just about the fact that, you know, God is in control and God's big enough. Mm. I got it handled. And I think it's a natural temptation for us as Christians sometimes we fall either into the pride camp of going um, well of course God needs me type of thinking or we fall into the uh, the opposite of that or the vanity the insecurity vanity camp of God can't use me and I feel like they both together they did a great job of pointing out that's not how this works. And it, I mean, I, you know, I'm assuming God's timing in this is, uh, very different than ours. And yet not accidental. Wonder, yeah. Not accidental. I sometimes wonder when you teach something like Daniel, do people walk away going, uh, he's unrealistic. Like that's not a, yeah, we can't live up to Daniel. Right. Exactly. When, what a great stop reminder in the middle of us getting to one of the greatest stories on da- of Daniel to think in some sense we should be humbled to go, wow, could I be 
could I have been faithful with the small things all the way up to this point in that da Daniel's story has so that now I'm facing down these big things or uh, do I have the sense of like, well, this guy's a superhero and so this doesn't apply to me. I could never do this the way Daniel's done it. And both are wrong. Right. Of course, of course we could live faithfully and get those opportunities. And of course we need to, and of course God is capable of big enough to give us the opportunities and big enough to get us through when we follow him. Yeah. I think that, that so many times, I mean, we get in the Christians are, it seems like humans, I, sh I shouldn't just say Christians, but humans are fantastic at the comparison game. And by fantastic, I mean, awful at it. Right, um, right. That we're we're constantly comparing ourselves and our lives and our stories to everyone else's, and you you know we um, as modern uh, American Christians we we have all of these entertainment points in our life that are that are making up these stories for us that um, that are unrealistic, and I'm I'm going to include like not just movies and television, but social media in general is all of those stories are made up. I mean, even if people don't mean to, they're only showing you parts of their lives. Um, and even if they show you like every once in a while, something bad that happens, you're not actually in the midst of that with them. And so it seems like even somebody else's, you know, toddler having a breakdown in the middle of Walmart is cute. Not, right. not like anxiety, you know, driven craziness that it actually is. And we know that in our own lives, but we see that in other people's lives and somehow imagine that they're different. Like all of this comparison, even from, from that, from the social media stuff that we deal with so often now, all the way to, well, I can't live a life like Daniel. All of that is, is missing that, that even though the circumstances are different and even though we are different than Daniel, we don't have the same life as Daniel. None of us that I know of um, were dragged away from our uh, family of origin when we were, you know, very young and raised as a slave in another society. Um, we don't have any part of, of his story. Um, and so looking at his story may feel very foreign to us, but we forget that the same God um, who's right. about to deliver Daniel from the lion's den is the same God that we serve. And, and he is able just like he was then. And, and that, if, if you're looking at this as I'm not like Daniel instead of I have the same God as Daniel. Yeah. Like the, then you're seeing it reversed. Like you're, you're, you're missing the protagonist. That's, Oh, remember we talked about that quite a bit. That's yeah, a we good did. thing at the end of the sermon for this Sunday is the reminder of the protagonist of the story is not Daniel. Yep. I'm typing that in right now. Um, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to have that in our minds um, because, like you've said before, we 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 want to identify with the protagonist. We right. want to we want to we want to make ourselves King Arthur or you know Wyatt Earp or or uh, Maximus or or any of the the story uh, protagonists that we have in movies and TV and stuff like that. We we want to identify with them. Um, and we forget that in the big story, we're 
bit parts. <laughs> we're 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 included in a fantastic way in what he's doing, um, and he he includes us in it. But but he's the he's the center of the story. So true. And it's not it's not dependent on us, which I think, yeah, absolutely. Getting this break um, to be able to, uh, um, hear these two great men in our community talk, um, outside of Daniel, but in a in in both in sermons that relate a whole lot to to what we're studying Daniel and also to what we're going through right now has been a fantastic. Uh, opportunity and i i mean i'm just humbled by the the fact that we can call on these men um and so many others on a moment's notice that's a that it has been awesome it has been great and we have (coughs) part of it is you know we have people in the church but the people in the church, at the same time, they could do it. Some could. Some can't with short notice because that this isn't their full job or whatever. Or hasn't been. Robert hasn't been. and Or there are people who it has been, but they're not at a safe place to be able to come out in the public at this point. There's so many different pieces of this that come together. Um, so, anyway, it's, it's, it's been fascinating. Uh, it's, it's a it's a great thing. Hopefully, um, you know, hopefully we were done with it at that level. <laughs> uh, hopefully we continue to get the opportunity to hear from these great partners in the ministry. But we don't um, have they, to call them. But we don't have to, and we don't have to do it with, I don't know, Robert got two days notice, three days. Uh, it felt like less than that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I know, I know it was like, I guess it could have been Thursday, but it felt like it was no because we we didn't we didn't talk to him on Thursday because that's when we found out that Mark was sick. So if we called him, it was either on Friday or Saturday. Yep. I don't remember what day though. <laughs> it was. I think the first point of contact was Friday because then Saturday you talked to him one on one. That's true. Yeah. So he, I guess he got two days notice, but it man, it was fast. <laughs> We we had other things planned. We were trying to figure out how we were going to do it, um, some other way, and it was definitely stretching that uh, imagination muscle a little bit to to figure out what we were going to do if we couldn't find somebody else. Yep, it's just crazy times. Speaking of crazy times, and by the way, it's kind of interesting. I'm going to use. Uh, I was supposed to be speaking at family camp and at the last minute um, Ginger had actually asked that I change topics um, from what I was going to preach on at family camp based on some of my recent Daniel sermons. Mm -hmm. And so I I really developed before I had to say no to family camp, um, some really focused uh, energy on the idea of how do we live in a culture that's becoming less friendly to us Mm-hmm. And and so I think I think probably um, coming up in a few weeks, maybe at the end of chapter six, I know I wanted to teach a week on prophecy mm-hmm. and have Herod teach a week on prophecy, kind of from an apologetics perspective. 
as well, but I may work, go ahead and work in either into the Sermon on Prophecy or maybe disconnected from it at some level, this reminder of some of these points that I ended up making in that family camp talk. So that's a great idea. That's a, we'll see how all that's going to play out anyway. Um, so with that in mind, Daniel six, where we're picking up on the whole lion's den thing. And I'm kind of, I've kind of bummed. And I, I think we would have been able to pull this off except for COVID um, and so I will, I'll let the surprise out to you on the assumption that now it's not going to happen just because it's, it's too late. But when we were in Daniel one, I reached out to the people, um, I'm blanking on the name of it. It's like Cherokee trace or something like yeah. that. Yeah. The tiger, tiger Creek. Yeah. Tiger Creek. Is that it? That has the, um, yeah, I think so. So I'm, uh, I've been in communication with them about, could we go shoot footage with a lion. Um, and in the back of my mind, I was imagining if they made it, if they gave me permission, if they have a lion that they feed, that's real nice or anything like being in the cage with one. Oh my gosh, Chris. At the same time, it was so, the thought of it was really terrifying <laughs> walking in a cage with a lion. Like that just, just the thought of just doing a little two minute or one minute video, however long I could stand before my heart beat out of my chest. <laughs> I was definitely going to have that conversation like, okay, are they like dogs? Like, do they sense fear? Because Cause I'm pretty sure. Miles. If <laughs> um, but, um, but I think COVID has messed all of that up. I think they were open to me coming out and trying to do something, but they stopped communicating the last few weeks. Yeah, that makes sense. So my guess is that's why they're just, they can't figure out a way to do it safely with COVID. The, the irony of going, sure, we can have you do some video footage with a lion. Oh, no, no, wait, there's a virus out there? Like, no, no, that's, that's not safe. That's not safe. We're not going to do that. Yeah. No. <laughs> wait, there's a lion involved, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We already decided not safe. Yeah, I think they'd be more okay with you doing a, um, a sermon, though, with, uh, where you're talking – about the lion and everything and in regards to Daniel, as opposed to, you know, if we were talking about the mighty men and you were, you were doing a special on Beniah fighting it in this, Hey, do you have a snowy pit? Do you have a snowy pit? I could go down into this still one of my favorite <laughs> Beniah. I mean, I know he's not one of the three, but he is, I think he's my favorite of the mighty men. Um, you know, if you can have a favorite of a real person that lived a long time ago that you know relatively nothing about, um, he he was the the captain of David's bodyguard. Like, talk about the Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> yeah, exactly. David, who killed Goliath. Oh, I'm gonna protect him. Yeah, <laughs> I got it. You got to be bad to the bone, though. Anyway. Back to Daniel. This, uh, in, in, you know, I have, I don't, I don't think I've ever thought about, uh, and this is this is an interesting, or at least it's inter- interesting to me. I don't think I've ever thought about um, until y'all started talking about it um, in <laughs> sermon prep. Uh, how old Daniel is at this point? Because I think yeah. I, I was still thinking like a he's a grown man. Like this is a scary thing. Don't get me wrong. 
But he's a grown man. No, this is this is an old man. Yeah. This is old I man know. Daniel. I think what's interesting is I always I think like this is the uh, things like that are insights that just because they're insights to me that I'm like, I, I really had not put all that together. Um, again, another one of those examples is like how old uh, Isaac is when Abraham takes him up on the mountain to sacrifice him. Yeah. Not a little kid. Not a little kid. He's like an adult man. And so it's really wild. Um, but, uh, but, but when you look at medieval paintings of Daniel in the lion's den, a lot of them have him as a very old man. Mm. He looks as old as they understood old. So we'll, I'll show some of my favorite pictures, if not, probably not this week, probably the next week. Um, so it's, it's, it's intriguing to me. It's, it's, they had picked up on this fact in the past. Um, I had just missed it. It it was just resonating with me when I was thinking about something that you said a couple of weeks ago, or however many weeks ago, maybe it was a month ago now, um, when yes. you were talking about the idea that you don't retire from ministry, that Daniel, yeah. you know, could be thinking like, he's been, you know, he knows, he knows he's been faithful to what God has called him yep. to for all of these years, and in less than ideal circumstances. In fact, so faithful that the people who are against him can't find any reason to uh, slander him. Right. Um, And, you know, instead of feeling sorry for himself that here at the end of his career, he's finding himself in a lion's den, you know, he just keeps doing what he's supposed to do, praises God in the midst of it. And, that that's not very American dream of him. <laughs> so true. Very, very true. Man. When we're looking at this, it is, it does strike me that they're now going to go to Darius, um, Gabrius, with this strategy is where we're picking up this week with their strategy to take down Daniel. <clears throat> and I just, I don't, I don't know if this is an example of just the, the power of sin to blind us mm-hmm. or, or rage, um, pride, whatever it is, that narcissistic thing that we've talked about before where, you know, people are so stunned when sin catches up with them. Um, even though anyone should have been able to see that sin was going to catch up. Um, but even if you ask people like, so where, where does this game end? How was this going to end? And it was always going to end this way. And you should have been able to see this. Just the idea that they're going to essentially poke the bear with Darius. And, and they know he's going to know that that's what they've done. And that if he doesn't want to get rid of Daniel, and they suspect he does, doesn't, that's why they trick him into it. That that they're they're, they're what they're imagining happening is that that an enraged, embarrassed Gobrias 
Darius the Mede is now going to have been put in a situation to be forced to execute his most trusted ally because of what these the trickery these men pulled. And that's is that where they think this story ends? Well, you got to remember that um, narcissism is assumes narcissism. Like right. it assumes that everyone is going to react the way that I mean we all do. We all assume that everybody's going to react, you know, to some level, um, the same way that we're going to react. We don't take into account that everybody's not the same way. So, right. you know, it. it That's why the worse. I mean, it it would seem like, uh, you know, I mean, Nebuchadnezzar did this. Nebuchadnezzar was was probably at some level talked into building the statue, right? Could be. Um, and you know, it was his idea to throw the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire. Um, but that that reaction, like it, if they had died right then, he would. I don't think he would have been too broken up that he lost people that were probably good at their jobs. But they're going to know they tricked Gobrias into this and he knows they tricked him and he knows it was them. Yeah. Like that's how this, that's how the Daniel dead or alive. There's going to come a moment when Daniel either they presume dead from the lions. Yeah. And then Gobrias is standing there looking down at his trust, most trusted ally torn to pieces in the lion's den. And they have pulled a fast one on him who has the power to create laws mm-hmm. and to make proclamations that cause people to be killed. And did they just think they were that indispensable to him? Did they just not think that far through because of their hatred of Daniel? Like, there's no way they could have predicted that moment's going to go well. This is an old fighter. He has slaughtered yeah. whole civilizations. Has no problem killing. None. And the thought that that next moment, that next heartbeat was not going to be their last. I just, it, now I do think it's a teachable moment. I don't know exactly what it's teaching. <laughs> I have, I mean, I've certainly seen, like I said, I've seen people be that blindsided by, Oh, yeah, of course, this is the result of that sin. That's, of course, there's this consequence that now can't be hidden. I sh- How did I not know that was coming? But, I mean, we all buy into that at times. We all get caught up in sin like that. But this seems like a pretty extreme example of, and we might should have thought this through a little further, um, well, these these guys seem young, one way or the other. They uh, they I don't I don't know if it's just young because they're immature or young because like they they don't seem to know that their history, pretty recent history, um, well enough to know that this isn't going to work out right. from a number of different ways. Um, I don't know. That that there's. There's some foolishness that's obviously at work here, um, but I don't I don't know where where exactly that foolishness is coming from. Yeah. Um, but it is, it, and I would say that that's, yeah, it. 
them not thinking about them not thinking about the consequence, the end consequence of it fits with the with the plot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe they were thinking that without Daniel, Darius would lack the political power to wipe out a bunch of his other leaders. Maybe this was kind of a mini coup. Maybe they were setting him up to learn a lesson like, you don't cross us. We're too powerful for that. Yeah, I just, I don't think that they were thinking that far. Maybe not. I, I think that they thought, they think that they're indispensable. I think that they, they are invincible, if not indispensable. Like they, they think that they're, nothing's going to happen to them because they're the ones that are going to make stuff happen to other people. Right. But, but yeah, I don't. Yikes. Yeah, it is wild. And it's it's unclear in the end, by the way, when Darius has them executed, it's unclear whether he has the political authority in his role to do it. I just get the impression he doesn't care. Yeah, no. It doesn't matter what the me- the laws of the Medes and Persians are, what they're like. It doesn't matter what the legal standing is. You you li- you just you just put an old killer in a corner and you're, they end up dead, they and their whole families, because of it. Right. I know that's part of the psychology of the situation, and that I'm kind of leaving God out of the judgment aspect of all of this, but, you know, God, God is bringing about a wrathful judgment on these men because they deserve it. Yeah, and it feels like it's a long time coming. Yeah, probably so. Pretty wild. Pretty wild story. The whole part of it is. Anyway, we're looking forward to to getting into it and and being able to uh, focus a couple Sundays on it because um, it's yeah. it's going to be good. Yeah, it is. Great stories. Yep. All right. Well, we're excited to to keep going in this. We'll see y'all this Sunday. <laughs>